We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I'm your host, Joe Pizzapia. And with me, as always, every Friday is Rotowire's own Johnny McKechnie. John, what's happening, my man? Uh, not much, man. Looking forward to the weekend. Uh, my dad's coming up for Father's Day, so that's exciting. So, yeah, it's, things are looking good. You know, it'll help me kind of take my mind off of how just god-awful the Orioles have been right, late, uh, recently. So, looking forward to that. How about you? How about uh, you? Well, I'm going to see Wonder Woman with my, uh, my kids and my dad actually on Saturday. So, a big family trip out to see the Wonder Woman. I think that's, go. Uh, that's a gift for everyone, I think. I hear good so, things. I hear I've heard nothing but glowing things about it, so it looks like a good time. And uh, who the hell wants to go see that stupid mummy movie anyway? I mean, really, (laughs) once they left Brendan Fraser off the off the uh, cast, you know, I was off. No, it's it's crazy. If you want to if you want to make a horror movie with Tom Cruise, do a Scientology documentary, and then then maybe you got me. All right, let's get to the pictures today on this Friday slate, and I'll tell you what, there is no shortage of options here, which is great, which makes it a challenge. Let's start with the top guy, Max Scherzer, $12,400. A very expensive Max Scherzer, but a very depleted Mets lineup. Cash games, is that too much, or are you still on the Scherzer bandwagon? I'm still on it. I'm still on it all the way through. I think, you know, you hit on the key point there, which is how banged up the Mets are, pretty much top to bottom in that lineup. Obviously, Ligaris went down last night with a broken thumb. Uh, Neil Walker... Uh, his leg just totally gave out running out of infield hit on Wednesday. Um, you know, just a lot of issues. I mean, Cespedes isn't a hundred percent Conforto. You're, we're not sure if he's a hundred percent, you know, so those are their, you know, big hitters and, and uh, they're, you know, kind of not at a hundred percent there. And at the same time, Scherzer in like seven career starts at City Field, one nine ERA, 0.8 whip, 70 strikeouts and 47 in the third innings pitch. So, like, he's, a, he's pretty comfy there against, you know, any Mets lineup, especially, you know, one that, that's really lacking uh, pop from top to bottom. 
I'll tell you what, I agree 100% with everything you're saying. I think Scherzer's a lock. But I'll tell you, as we continue to go through the offense with Colorado in play, mm. I think for cash games tonight, I think I'm feeling Luis Severino. I mean, the last four starts, 55-50, 40-52. The guy's on a roll. He's striking out seven or eight guys in the last five games. Even in the, the game before, we only threw five innings. He struck out seven in that one. I mean, he's got a quality start four of his last four tries. He's going in Oakland in a pitcher-friendly ballpark against Sean Manaya, where I think that's a very winnable game. Uh, Oakland is not a very good team. I'll tell you what, I, I feel pretty good about that, you know, a couple thousand dollar savings where I can spread that around tonight. Let's talk about some of these other guys. You talk about your Orioles. Carlos Martinez at 9,800. Now, I know Baltimore has been bad, and as you aforementioned on the top of the show, and I understand, too, that – uh, there might be some weather potentially in that game later on also. But, you know, as good as Carlos Martinez is, I just can't understand $100 less. I'd rather just go to Severino and pay $100 more. you agree with that statement? I think so. Um, you know, the, my, my, you know, sort of weak counter to the, to the Severino thing is that the A's are sort of pesky. They, they just sort of find a way to, to you know, kind of, uh, make your pitcher miss his quality start by a run or something like that late in, late in their outing. But at the same time, uh, for you know, you you can bet on his upside a little bit better against a, a strikeout prone lineup than than Carlos Martinez in Camden Yards, where you know even even for how bad the Orioles have been scuffling, uh, most of those issues tend to come on the road uh, as opposed to their home ballpark. So assuming that the weather. Uh, holds and, and they play this game, I could see the Orioles potentially kind of snapping out of it and frustrating any sort of Carlos Martinez uh, ownership out there. So I, I agree with you. For $100 more, Severino on paper, uh, it's it's a lot more favorable. The Steven Matz 8,900, I just shake my head and go, how the hell can anyone justify that going against Scherzer uh, with that Mets lineup the way it looks like right now? I mean, I granted, you know, this pricing comes out before even more injuries happened last sure. night, but I just can't understand what that is. That is an awful idea. I mean, if you want, if you want the all-time oppo pick of all time, I think it's Matt's tonight. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, you know, so maybe you throw one in and you get a little weird at a GPP. See what happens there because. That ownership's probably around, I don't know, 1% maybe. <laughs> and that 1% is Stephen Matz's grandpa, who's definitely playing that. Huge DFS guy. Huge DFS. He's so big in the industry. Uh, James Paxton at Texas, 8,700. Now, Paxton's one of my favorite pitchers on the year. Uh, I've been on the James Paxton bandwagon in the preseason uh, with a lot of my comrades here. He's going against Tyson Ross. The last outing was a short one for him, just four innings, eight hits. So not the greatest one, but I, in a way that kind of, to me, actually aids that potential of Paxton because I feel like that last one might shy a little bit of the ownership off. an 87 to me in tournament play, this is a guy with a very good return on investment potential, especially when you're talking about the strikeouts. I think you're right on there. And it, when I was kind of going through his game log since he uh, returned from the disabled list, uh, you know, he hasn't been able to go into that sixth inning yet. And I think that, uh, you know, people, it takes a long time for people to sort of uh, change their opinions on teams, you know, especially when it's offensively or, or a certain ballpark. And I think the Rangers kind of fit that bill where, where, numerically speaking they've been rather disappointing offensively this season but people are still going to be like ooh pitcher on the road in Texas like bad things are going to happen so I think that that also is going to play into a pretty low ownership for a guy like Paxton who uh, you know I'm with you 100% in season long and and for daily purposes he's been uh, pretty lights out throughout the season so I think that this this could be that start where you know 
he's got a lot of bullets left from that last from that last outing to where you know he can he can break through get you into that quality start range you know that's four extra points right there against a pretty strikeout prone lineup and then on the other side of that like the Mariners have been doing so well offensively I know mm-hmm. some of that was just against the Twins but uh you know they're getting Tyson Ross's first start and then you you can't imagine Ross is going to go particularly deep into that game and then you get the Rangers bullpen which is always nice so yeah, I'm with you on that. I think the I think the Mariners win this one, and I think Paxton, uh, you know, at least has, uh, you know, into the 30 point, into the mid 30s here. So good return. Now Alex Wood just 100 dollars less. Alex Wood 15 strikeouts in his last 10 innings, just two walks, three earned runs over that time. Another guy that's had trouble getting into the sixth inning in his last couple starts, but the strikeout potential is definitely there. Uh, but do you like the price and do you like the matchup, especially in Cincinnati that? you know, hitter friendly environment. Yeah. I, I always feel like going against the Reds is, is, uh, is really playing with fire a lot of the time. So uh, for as much as you think that the the Dodgers can definitely, you know, match the Reds run for run uh, it, out at great American, I still think that, you know, the, the environment isn't particularly conducive to, to a great outing from Alex Wood. So I'm probably off of him. You know, it's sort of like the, the Severino Martinez uh, conundrum where, you, you know, for a hundred dollars more, I think you get a much better option uh, based on the matchup and just the overall context here. So uh, I would, I would give the lean to Paxton over Wood. I don't think that Woods can have a disastrous start by any means, but like I said, it's just hard for me to justify using a pitcher out in Cincinnati. Now, Sean Newcomb, 7,500, and especially in two-pitcher sites, I think that's a name to know because the strikeout potential is there. He's got the Marlins, uh, and you know Newcomb can be inefficient. He did struggle with the walk rate quite a bit uh, in the minor league career, but we're talking about a guy with electric fastball, and mm-hmm. if you're looking for that secondary pitcher, or maybe another, maybe he's another dart thrower in the tournament because you go down here, you got Jose Quintana against Toronto, which uh, you know Quintana has – in a way, pitched better than his number sometimes. In a way, he hasn't. And then you get a matchup against Biagini where you know, just like we mentioned before about Ross, you know, you can't imagine Biagini getting too deep into this game anyway. But I think Quintana kind of scares me in Toronto. But Nukem, on the other hand, I think Nukem I can kind of get behind because of the strikeout rate, because of the matchup, because of the National League. I think um, I definitely see what you're saying there, but I think the Marlins are a team that that's a little bit better offensively that, than they're getting credit for. And it's not just, you know, it's not just the John Carlos Stanton show anymore, really. Oh, no, you know, Ozuna's been great. There's no oh, doubt about that. Right. And I, yeah. So I think that, that that's all well and good with Newcomb. I think that, you know, he definitely has a lot of upside appeal there. But I'm going to go to bat for my dude Joe Biagini again for $200 more, three straight quality starts. Um, you know, and he's going against a White Sox lineup that uh, is really good when they're at home, but on the road they tend to suffer a, a little bit. I think they're they're pretty much twenty uh, first overall in weighted on base on the road, third worst in weighted on base against right handed pitchers overall. So um, I, I like the Newcomb play a lot. I definitely can't knock it too much, but I think that uh, Biagini, um, you know. Last week we talked about him a little bit, and he he ended up doing pretty well. And I think that uh, you know the recent trends. Uh, I'm a little bit less worried than, than you are, I guess, in terms of him getting deeper into the game. I think he's been in that rotation long enough to where, uh, you know, I think he can definitely get to that sixth inning uh, and get you that quality start there against a, a White Sox lineup that, like I said, uh, just doesn't perform the same on the road. Yeah, and Jeff Samarja, I know the price is right at 7200 but it's Colorado, and that's always tricky. The last outing in Colorado for him, not great. So I don't think we can go down that road again. Anybody else in this pitching slate – 
uh, bears note for you discussing on this one that you say, yeah, I like this guy or, you know, no, this is a trap. Anybody else before we move on to the offense? Boy, uh, not really. It, it gets pretty ugly after after the Samarja. I mean, maybe Eddie Butler because of the matchup, but mm-hmm. uh, out in Pittsburgh. But uh, other than that, I don't think you really want to want to dive too deep uh, into that pitching well when there when there's so many quality options from like the mid mid eight thousands all the way up. All right, now Gary Sanchez and Buster Posey both dealing with some uh, injury issues right now, so uh, not exactly sure what they're going to be in the lineup, not in the lineup, where that's all going, but. Uh, as we continue to go down this route of catchers, we keep kind of landing in that weird, uh, that 33, 34 range where you're paying not quite to the very top for the elite guys, but some of these other guys have been pretty good. You know, the other night uh, I mentioned Salvador Perez uh, in the last podcast, and he did go off for the 12, which I was saying somewhere between 9 and 12. That's a good return for Sal Perez. And sure enough, he was there again, and now we're going back to that well again against Jesse Chavez, the right-handed pitcher. Uh, for the Los Angeles Angels. And I keep talking about Sal Perez because 13 home runs very quietly for a catcher. I mean, nobody's talking about the year Perez is having hitting 280 with 13 bombs. But to me, that's a really nice floor, a catcher with a really nice upside. Now, I'll take this matchup again tonight. I know. It's, it, it almost sounds you know unfathomable from, from where we were in mid-April where, where the Royals had like 30 runs in 30 days, basically. But uh, – you know, believe it or not, their offense has really started to turn things around. I think they've scored seven or more runs in like each of the last three or four games. Uh, so that offense really is starting to click. And I think they get a pretty soft matchup here. So when I was actually ma- making sort of a rough draft lineup uh, to prepare for this show, uh, I, I ended up with, with several Royals. I think we'll get into a few other uh, Royals as, as we go into different positions here. But uh, Perez is definitely, you know, a key cog in that lineup. And like you said, quietly. Uh, having you know one of his best power years at, to date, and you know going against Chavez here, a guy with a ERA well over five, uh, I think that that this screams like you know a low ownership, but uh, but worthy stack for the Royals here. Yeah, I I agree, and I think for the hundred dollars more, I actually prefer Perez uh, over uh, Alex Avila, who's had a pretty good season as well. Right. But I just feel like right now, Sal Perez is the hot bat. Yasmani Grandal, 3,100 in Cincinnati. I think he's in the lineup. Sure. Uh, he's certainly in play at that cost. Any other else, a catcher uh, under that or around that where you say, yeah, I think that investment's pretty good. Is it a guy like a Flowers or uh, do you go down a little bit further? Because, I mean, heck, even Tom Murphy is a 29, which is kind of surprising. Are you smelling a Nick Hunley revenge game? Oh, there's not enough Nick Hunley narratives out there. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. What an exciting fellow. But yeah, he came off the bench last night and I'm pretty sure he crushed a home run. So, uh, you know, and I think Posey's going to be out at least until Sunday is, is what it's looking like. Well, so yeah, it's a great you, point. You, you, you imagine Hunley's going to be in there and, you know, that 3,200 is really cheap uh, cores exposure. I know he's probably not going to be hitting anywhere higher than that than like seventh in that lineup. Although with, with how banged up the giants are, maybe he moves into that middle third there, but, uh, Hunley, you know, for once has, has some actual appeal here. And if for 3,200, I think that he is actually, uh, worth that price tag. I don't love Austin Hatches as a player, but for 2,700, that's another guy in tournaments where the power's there in Milwaukee, which is a the home run friendly ballpark. So I think that's another guy too, that you can justify tonight. So you got options at catcher, despite the guys at the top being out. I actually think it's a good night to save. Let's go over first base Goldschmidt, obviously 47 Rizzo 44. Let's talk about Joey Votto against the lefty of 4,200 Alex Wood. 
Are you off Votto tonight because of the lefty matchup, or is that actually a little bit appealing because Joey Votto has pretty much hit everybody this year, and maybe that kind of scares off some ownership? Yeah, you, you nailed it. Like a, a guy with Votto versus, you know, some other power-hitting first baseman, Votto's like one of the most – if not the most complete hitter at first base, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter to me or it doesn't matter to him uh, if he's facing a lefty or a righty. And obviously uh, being in that home ballpark certainly helps things. So 4,200, uh, I think that uh, that's definitely wor worth the price there. And like you said, uh, maybe some people will sort of gloss over it and be like, okay, he's facing a lefty, he's a lefty. Uh, I'll just move down the board or whatever. But I think Votto definitely makes a ton of sense tonight. But are you going to keep riding the Rizzo leadoff train? If he's back in that leadoff spot again, you know, he, he moved into that spot and homered both times uh, in the first inning to lead off games against your Mets. Uh, do you go with that again against the Pirates? Against Trevor Williams? Yeah, I feel yeah. real good about that. And I'll tell you what, if you don't like the 4,400 and you still want some floor at first base, don't look now. But Miguel Cabrera is starting to heat up. He looks like he was dealing with a back injury for a while. Kind of didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. But he's got two hits in all of his last four games. He's got a Rosmo Ramirez. Miguel Cabrera coming off a game last night where he hit the big home run. And I'm looking at Miguel Cabrera as a guy that's normally up around that $4,200, $4,300 price range. And it's just thirty eight because of the slow season. If you're looking to save at first base, there are options out here. As we know, we continue to talk about Matt Carpenter down in 36. Now he's yep. jumped a couple hundred. Uh, also, Edwin Encarnacion, there's another one who, whose value continues to be low, and he's got Nick Turley, the lefty. I think for 3,600, this is another guy with a bargain. He had a home run last night, four runs scored, three hits in that game for Encarnacion. I will keep rolling with him. Lots of options at first, so as much as I do love the Rizzo and the Votto, I think you can kind of scale down a little bit. How about Eric Thames, too, 3,300 against the Padres? Last night he hit a home run. Looks like Thames is starting to come around again of late. That price is right. He's got Miguel Diaz. Now I know Thames has actually been a little bit better against lefties than righties this year, but still, two home runs his last two games. I think when Eric Thames is on, he seems to be one of these guys when he gets locked in, he is locked and loaded. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. A, a, uh, you know, a locked in Eric Thames is, is a very scary proposition for pretty much any pitcher, especially if, if you're a pitcher that – of the quality that the Padres are rolling out there at Miller Park. So I think that that, that game is sneakily going to have a lot of, of uh, offensive appeal uh, this evening. So I'm with you there on Thames. I feel like his price tag doesn't quite match what, what he's able to do. I understand why it's down there because he did have that cold stretch where, where he was sick and his legs were kind of hurting. But uh, it seems like, he, like you said, he's back. Uh, so he makes some sense to me. Um, I really like your call on, on Encarnacion. I hadn't even really thought about uh, how favorable that matchup is. And his, his home run yesterday afternoon against the Dodgers, like that wasn't a cheapie. That was like a Toronto Ed Wing mm -hmm. full-on parrot on the shoulder uh, <laughs> type of home run. So definitely with you there. Also like Hosmer at 3,300, just keeping up with it with the Royals a little bit. And then if you want to go down the board a little bit, I saw a stat from the guys over at Inside Edge uh, where Yonder Alonso has a league-leading – 1.734 OPS and five home runs against fastballs in the Severino range in the 95 to 100. So he can catch up to that uh, coming off the right side as a left-handed hitter. So Alonzo, uh, he might be one of the few A's that are, that are truly in play this evening. All right. If you listen to yesterday's podcast, you know, I was all in on Nolan Arenado with DVR. We were willing to pay whatever it cost, 5000 6000 12000 It didn't matter. Shut up and take my money. Shut up. Just take my money and take Nolan Arenado, please. Just give me Nolan Arenado. And certainly he did pay off. 
Now, 45 again against Marja. I still like it. I don't like it quite as much. So I think there's other options. We always talk about Miguel Sano on this one. Uh, he's 4,100. That's a $400 savings, which is a, is it's substantial enough, in my opinion, to fade down. It's Carlos Carrasco, but still that doesn't mean it's an impossible one. But as we always seem to come around here, I feel like Fridays – we always come to the same guys. It's Lamb, it's Donaldson, and even Chris Bryant at 39. I'm looking at Bryant at 39. I'm staring right at him and going, yeah, why not? But Jake Lamb against righties is always money in the bank too, so mm-hmm. I feel pretty good about that one. I think you've got a lot of options here in this number one category at third base. And as you continue to go down, yeah, you can make a comment and a case for Travis Shaw, but the problem is it's only $200 more for a guy like Bryant. And when you're talking about right. the talent, that's where I always land on. Let's talk about another one of your guys. You talk about Casey. How about Mike Moustakas, another yes. guy, 3,500? That was another one of my Royals pairing yesterday uh, that felt good about. Now, Sal Perez paid off. Mike Moustakas paid off yesterday. We're going to keep rolling with the moose. Oh, yeah. The, the moose tacos, just like the lamb, also on the menu this evening. Uh, you know, he's get he's gets the right hander. He's 14 of his 18. Can we can you believe that he has 18 home runs this season? But it's 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 amazing. Him and Perez, I think, are the most under appreciated offensive players in the in the last 30 days. Yeah, no kidding. So, uh, yeah, I think you and I are both all in on this. If, you, if you're not going after, you know, your lambs and Bryants, then, you know, for for the mid 3000s price tag for for how good this matchup is and you know you take away the sort of name recognition or lack thereof and you just look at the numbers then why wouldn't you or what's the argument against using Moustakas at 3500 really no I I can't find one that's for sure so neither of us uh, can no all right let's go over to second base Uh, Jose Altuve 3900 Daniel Murphy 3900 and to be honest with you I yeah it's it's Matt's whatever but it's the Mets Forget that it's Mets. Remember it's the Mets. And yes. remember it's Daniel Murphy because Daniel Murphy crushes the Mets. He did it again last night, another 25 spot. This was another one where I said, take my money. I don't care. Whatever the cost is, give me Daniel Murphy. And I'm not shot. I don't care if the price is depressed because Steven Matz is in the game. I mean, that's, that's okay. Not, okay, fine. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. You know, yeah. All right, besides the obvious Daniel Murphy, who you got at second base tonight that piques your interest? Yeah, I mean, it, it was really hard for me to to make a lineup that that didn't go the Murphy route, and you know, I don't want to keep going back to the Royals too hard, but Whit Merrifield's been really, really solid, really consistent. So you like the floor there, certainly more so than than guys like Kinsler or Odor or even this iteration of Pedroia that can kind of uh, give you a donut there. So uh, probably off of those guys, but I do like Merrifield. Uh, moving down the list a little bit, if you want to, you know, get get. Uh, some Miller Park action going, you know, pair him with Thames, uh, you know, like a brat and a beer, Eric, Eric Sogard uh, at the top of that lineup. I think that he makes a lot of sense, especially uh, seeing as he's going against a right-hander and that, that always plays into Sogard's advantage. And he's a guy that uh, has really been excellent on the base paths, you know, just kind of converting, you know, singles when he's on second base, you know, into runs, uh, very efficient in that regard. So I do like uh, Eric Sogard a fair bit in the low 3000s. I know he's been quiet of late, but the lineup's been good. And that's Robinson Cano at 3,300. It's coming. I'm telling you, the Robin oh, yeah. Cano day is coming. I don't know if it's today. I don't know if it's tomorrow. It's sometime this weekend. I'm just telling you, it's coming around. So be on the Robinson Cano bandwagon, too, if you really don't want to go up to the board. But I, because Murphy's so depressed in price, I don't know. Like you're saying, how do you go 
without Daniel Murphy. In the lineup. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like it's almost more difficult to go without him than it is to go with him. I'm looking for punt plays too. You know, even on a night where you might say, oh, TJ Rivera could be a punt play at 2100 because he's, you know, put the bat on the ball a little bit and he's a, he's a better little scrappy contact hitter than I think people give him credit for. I don't know if I can get there against Scherzer. And that's, that's no. my problem. Uh, unless you're going to go complete opposite against Scherzer, like we were saying about the Mets thing and just, you know, uh, but that's another guy who dominates the Mets too. I mean, Scherzer has been so good that I, I can't 2100. It's so tempting to punt play there, but I don't think I can even justify that. I'd rather pay up for a little bit more floor. All right, on to the shortstop position here. Trey Turner, top of the board, 4,500. Carlos Correa, 42. Uh, Correa's matchup against Pomeranz, certainly a good one tonight. I think that's a pretty good return for a guy who's been, you know, in the conversation for American League MVP, coming off back-to-back 18-point games. Uh, I'm loving Correa at 42 in that ballpark tonight. I'm totally with you there. I mean, Correa has been consistently fantastic all, all throughout this season. So uh, that that matchup, get getting the left hander um, in Houston, where you know he can just golf one into the Crawford boxes. I think that's definitely appealing. I think it's definitely a lot more appealing than Trey Turner at 4,500. You know, for for how little we understand uh, how Daniel Murphy's price is at 3,900. Uh, equally don't understand how Trey Turner's up that high. Like I get his speed upside, but I mean, a guy like D Gordon has speed upside too. I know it's a different position, but I mean, for good Lord, like I think that's way, <laughs> that's just way too much. And then, you know, our Friday's tradition of talking about how underpriced Corey Seager is. Uh, that's also on in play today, going against a right-hander out in Cincinnati where the ball is going to be flying. Uh, Seager at 3,700, you could do a lot worse than that. Now, I think this next guy is a GPP play, but Anderson Simmons against Ian Kennedy. This is another one who could do it more than one way. And I've been kind of slow to catch up on the Anderson Simmons. I'll be the first to admit it because I've seen enough Anderson Simmons where it took me a long time to buy in. Yeah, but I'm buying I mean, it in right like now. questionable whether he could even hit it out of the infield, and now right. he's hitting him out of the park. He's hitting him out of the park, but the thing to me that's coming around is the stolen bases. The stolen bases to mm-hmm. me is it's nice to have a guy who can beat you different ways. We know Kennedy's a fly ball pitcher too, so I think that plays for Simmons and a couple of these other guys in this lineup to some of the lefties like Cole Calhoun and some of the other ones we'll get to later. Uh, but Simmons is another one that I was just really surprised that – uh, he's been there. Uh, Elvis Andrews, too, at 3,200, a guy who's been very good all year. Sold down a little bit of late, but still another good value. I feel like shortstop is a place where you don't have to pay. I know it's Paxton, and Paxton has been good, but, you know, Andrews has been solid all year. You can sure. find a lot of value at shortstop, which is not something I'm used to saying. The problem's always been these matchups haven't always been good in the last week or so. I feel like every time we end up at shortstop, it's, ugh, right. you know, let's just go to that mid to upper range guy. But not so much. Tonight, I think there's actually options. I think so, too. And even even below that, um, you know, someone that, that's sort of starting to deliver on, on his promises, uh, and Dan's himself, Dansby Swanson, he's been hitting well over 300 over the last two weeks. I know he's a lot better against lefties than he is against righties, but I think those numbers all around are starting to come up in a pretty big way here. So, you know, he's down in Miami against Dan Straley. Obviously, like I said, you, you prefer him to be going against a lefty, but uh, – his numbers against righties aren't like so putrid anymore that that you're you're adverse to using him. So I think Swanson at twenty eight hundred, if you if you need to go down uh, down below three thousand, I think that he would be my guy from that range. All right, baseball is here. In fact, it's been here. And don't get stranded out on first base without a RotoWire subscription. And don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today. 
and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Go to FanDuel.com slash RotoWire to claim it. You must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible, and users may only establish one account on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RotoWire. On to the outfield. Top of the board, Aaron Judge, Charlie Blackman, Bryce Harper, 47. Okay. Bryce Harper's only 4,700. I understand it's a lefty matchup, but, I mean, it's it's a lefty matchup with Steven Matz. I mean, wh- where, who was Steven Matz that he's getting all of this? It's absurd. I, I almost feel like I'm doing – I'm talking myself into a hole where Steven Matz is going to go through a shutout tonight, and, <laughs> and it's fine. If that happens, that's on me. I will take the heat on this. But if you're going to give me – Especially when I want Murphy in that lineup too. Yeah. If you're gonna give me Murphy and Harper back to back, we're we're in that same vein for forty seven and forty. I think thirty nine hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. Did, sign me up. Yes, please. How about sure. Nelson Cruz? Another guy's been on fire lately. Uh, forty six hundred, just driving and runs like crazy. Uh, Nelson Cruz just continues to just motor on. <laughs> the yeah, older he, he gets, the better he gets. Yeah, he's he's the man. I love I love using Cruz tonight, and uh, I think that you know also in that outfield uh, for a fair bit cheaper, who's also been pretty awesome since coming off the DL is Mitch Hanager. Uh, you know, again, he's going to be hitting in in the upper third of that order uh, in a, in a game where I think both of us agree that, that the Mariners are going to be able to scratch some runs across Tyson Ross uh, in that bullpen. So. Uh, yeah, I couldn't blame you if you wanted to to stack uh, some some Seattle outfield action tonight. Yeah, Mookie Betts' salary has gone back up to the forty one hundred range now. He's got Mike Fires tonight, and I think when he was at thirty seven, that's when I was tempted. At forty one, I'm not tempted right now. I, I no. like Mookie Betts, but I not when I can have I've got five hundred dollars more a Bryce Harper type guy. It's just no, not not happening. I'm not getting there. No. Uh, Ian Desmond's been much better of late too. He's in Colorado, but. You know, against Samarja, I think that's a little hit or miss for a guy, especially who strikes out uh, a fair amount. I don't like mm-hmm. that matchup. Let's talk about Marcelo Zuna. Uh, I know we talked before about Wood being a positive, but at 39, it's hard right now not to give Ozuna a very strong look, uh, excuse me, against uh, Newcomb tonight. Right. Uh, it's, it's hard not to give him a good look. I mean, two home runs in his last two games. Really, he I mean, he's got multi-hit games in four of the last five. I mean, this is a guy right now who's completely locked in and he does have a good matchup here against Newcomb, where he's a young pitcher. Now, again, I like Newcomb as a tournament play. That doesn't mean that you can't use a guy like Osuna because right. those are the kind of weird things that separate you on a funky night of playing GPP baseball. No, I'm totally with you on that. I think Osuna has shown just you know consistently throughout the year uh, ridiculous amounts of pop, like way more than I, than I initially thought he had. And then he's you know he's getting on base a ton, uh, and like you said. For, for as much as we like Newcomb's overall upside, uh, you know, this is still a thing where, where Ozuna is establishing himself as a, as a star in this league. And, you know, he gets a lefty-righty matchup here at uh, in Atlanta where the ball, as we know, uh, is really, you know, that's established itself as like a, as a huge home run park already. And it's not quite in that Coors and Chase Field tier but or the Great American Ballpark tier. But, I mean, it's definitely one that's not particularly friendly to pitchers. So, uh, Marlins, especially, you know, headlined by Ozuna, uh, might not be, uh, you know, out of, out of the question tonight, even though, uh, Ozuna's at 3,900. I know I'm rolling the dice and tempting fade here because he's been hitting so many bombs already, but Cody Bellinger at 38 in tournaments. I mean, it's hard not to like him against Adelman. It's hard not to like him in that ballpark in Cincinnati. I mean, 3,800, I, I know eventually this is going to run out here, right? but 
I'm okay with being wrong on Cody Bellinger tonight at 38. I don't think it's that bad to be wrong at that price. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like an even cheaper version of of the Murphy-Harper stack where, where you can go ahead and get Seager and Bellinger, a couple of really quality left-handed hitters with pop, uh, you know, in that same lineup and you're, you're not paying 4000 for either of them. So, and they hit, you know, right next to each other in, the, in, the, in that lineup most of the time. So, yeah, totally with you on Bellinger, whereas, you know, like, what, are you going to save $100 and go to Hunter Pence just because he's at Coors? Like, no, go no. Bellinger. Come yeah. on. You mentioned Hanniger too at 36. I love him against Ross too. I think oh, yeah. I think we're so far at Seattle. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the Dodgers. Talked about the Royals. There's other ways to go, and there were a lot of runs last night in that Coors game. I, you know, that doesn't always ring every single night quite to that amount. Right. Uh, let's talk about another Royal here. Let's start Lorenzo Cain at 34. Now Cain's a guy that was, you know, really slow to the upswing on the season. Uh, he's been much better of late. Another guy where I'm looking at him, he's got six hits in his last three games, uh, really starting to heat up a little bit. Also, the power is starting to flash a little bit. In his last five games, uh, he's got four home runs. So, Lorenzo Kane at 34. Telling you, the more I look at this, the more I'm thinking Royals tonight. Yeah, man. His, his OPS over the last two weeks is well over 1,000. You know, it's not just a one-week thing. This is starting to become like a, an established trend of, of really good hitting from Lorenzo Cain. Uh, you know, I always look for, for that high OPS that's sustained for, for more than just that tiny seven-day sample. Uh, so, you know, he definitely fits in with, it, with our, uh, you know, let's get some Royals uh, in play tonight. I think that he's, a, yeah, he's an awesome call at 3,400. All right, the last one, uh, I don't know how many fingers he's going to have up tonight, uh, but Yasiel Puig at 3K <laughs> in Cincinnati. That's certainly one that I can get behind. And, uh, you know, back, uh, you know, uh, no suspension yet, right? He's still under the appeal. I don't think anything really came down with that. So uh, that's another one where I look at it and go, hey, I'm looking for a cheap guy. I'm trying to get Scherzer in a cash game. I'll go for a cheap outfielder at 3K. I think Puig is one of the more uh, responsible choices you can make tonight on that board because after that, it does get a little dicey. Uh, we've talked about some of our favorite guys this year. Hicks is going to be out of the lineup. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of little injuries floating around in this lower tier of the outfields. You know, Kier Meyer has been out for a while. He'll be out for a bit. Yeah. Uh, is there anybody else for you that you can uh, justify tonight? as we continue to look at this slate. And, and I know, you know, it was another guy that we talked about the other day, but at 2,400, Malik Smith, another guy's got some speed. That's another one that I would throw into that mix. Um, yeah, Malik Smith, I, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm like borderline shocked that his price has stayed. You know, he's, he's, it's almost offensive that they're lumping him in with like the Joey Rickards and Peter Burgesses of the world. Um, you know, well, for, in all for, fairness, he's got Norris, and I get the reason why they would be depressed tonight, but I kind of agree with you. I mean, you know, he's still going at three times value at least on right, 2,400. Yeah. yeah, he gets on base and, you know, he gives you like a, a Billy Hamilton light type of stat line there. So, uh, Definitely in with you there. And then sort of back to your uh, Hedges argument towards the beginning of the show, Hunter Renfro, just yeah. stupid power for 2,900 in Miller Park uh, with, a, with a pretty solid matchup here. I know that Junior Guerra has really nice numbers, but, um, you know, with, with Renfro, he just needs to run into one of them and, and you know, you're already set for, for what you needed out of him. And I think he can certainly do that tonight. So, you know, if, if you're paid up, you know, pretty expensive at other parts of the infield or whatever and need, need to, uh, you know, save some room in the outfield. And 2,900 Renfro in Miller Park, I think that he makes a ton of sense as well. Love, love the Renfro call. Can't get enough of it. All right. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Joe Pizapia 17 
For everybody here at Rotowire, have a wonderful Father's Day weekend and have a great night of daily fantasy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.